Welcome to Organics Unpacked, a podcast for the business-minded organic grower. An interview podcast where we hear from the top experts in the commercial organic industry with a focus on the business elements of organic growing both in and out of the field. You will gain insight and grow your operation. This show is brought to you ad-free by Ave Organics, a Wilbur Ellis company. To learn more about Ave Organics, visit our program notes. In the meantime, enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Organics Unpacked podcast, and thank you for tuning in today. I'm your host, Tom Buman, and this is episode four of the Organics Unpacked podcast, where we talk about organic farming from a practical worldview. Today's guest is Henry Ennis, the CEO of GoChain. Henry is here to share with us just what blockchain is and how organic agriculture can benefit from using blockchain technology. Well, as I said, today's guest is Henry Ennis, an expert in blockchain, and he's here joining us from Texas. Welcome to the show, Henry. Thank you so much, Tom, for having me. It's great to be on the show. So, Henry, tell us a little bit about yourself and and blockchain and how you got to this point today. Sure. Uh, Yeah. So I guess in terms of experience, um, I've got a little over 20 years of experience. Um, Started out, uh, you know, out of school uh, in the management consulting side of the business. And it was at Pricewaterhouse. It was pre-merger. So that was quite some time ago. And uh, really at that time, I was working with uh, a variety of different enterprises, um, some government projects as well, but really talking about Fortune 500 companies. Um, and then from there, uh, went uh, through uh, uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers uh, into their securities division. And so um, at that point, uh, focusing more on 763 uh, transactions, so sell side M&A. Uh, so did corporate finance for a few years, uh, middle market uh, investment banking, corporate finance, and then um, moved into some merchant banking hedge fund. And we were looking at, uh, at the time, deals. Uh, from from real estate to uh, um, uh, precious metals. Uh, So this was actually looking at global deals. And then um, from there, uh, having some quite a bit of, uh, done quite a bit of work in Asia, moved into uh, venture capital, doing uh, late seed series A tech investing and and really was in that space for a little over 10 years. And one of the great parts about being in that business is you get to really see all the really neat, amazing emerging technology that's coming out in the world, highly impactful. And um, so from there, uh, we were looking at fintech and at the time uh, starting to see the emergence of blockchain. And um, for me, it was, it was amazing. And, and so uh, I made a decision to kind of jump and dive all in into blockchain. And so uh, for the past few years, I've, I've supported a variety of different initiatives and projects. And um, most recently, I was uh, head of a blockchain genomics company. And then I had the opportunity to come uh, head, uh, become CEO of GoChain. And so um, been working now on the protocol side, and it's been very, it's amazing, been amazing progress right now to see how blockchain is being adopted. Great. Hey, as, so as CEO of, um, of GoChain, tell me a little bit about the company, how long you've been around, um, kind of what your focus is. Sure. Uh, so GoChain was founded uh, really late 2017, and its main net, uh, the main protocol went live in early 2018. And, um, you know, so it, everyone has heard about Bitcoin, right? So Bitcoin's been around a little over 10 years now, and actually Bitcoin's doing great. Um, 
But what really has emerged, I would say, in the recent years is the underlying technology, which is blockchain uh, technology. And so this is really starting to be adopted in all sorts of different industries. But um, one of the main uh, friction points for the adoption of blockchain um, continues to be the scalability question. And so it's hard to have adoption when um, it, you know, blockchain transactions can take a considerably long time to process and there could be high transaction fees. So scalability remains uh, one of the key issues. And so GoChain was founded to really tackle the scalability question. And so the, the, the main net was launched in, in early 2018. And, and yeah, so GoChain's done, really done exactly that to tackle the scalability question. We've uh, come out with a novel consensus framework and that really is the question about how do you process that block in a blockchain? And um, we do that through something that's very novel called proof of reputation. And so instead of working with anonymous miners uh, all around the world, uh, we work with highly reputable legal entities and these entities are responsible for processing the blocks on the blockchain. These are the governance framework for the GoChain protocol. And you're talking about, you know, Fortune 500 companies, publicly traded companies, um, nonprofits, NGOs, universities, all these types of organizations, they essentially stake the reputation to be part of the GoChain protocol. And so they have no reason to be bad actors. And this is something that's critically important on two fronts. One is that um, by having this consensus framework, we are able to tackle the scalability question. And so we can process transactions very fast uh, relative to some of the other uh, protocols out there. And really from a transaction standpoint, we can do that for under a penny uh, per transaction. So really, really cost effective. Um, and then also, you know, if you're an enterprise or government, you, you know, you kind of want to know who's handling your data, who's processing the blocks. And it's good to know that you're dealing with highly reputable organizations. So, so that's what makes um, GoChain very novel and helping us to really to help drive adoption in the blockchain space. Okay. So I've been to uh, a lot of conferences. Well, not so much the last year, but the couple of years before that. And it seemed like every sustainability conference I go to, Henry, there is a speaker, like it's mandatory that you talk about blockchain, but most people don't even know what blockchain is or didn't at that time. They just felt it was something to talk about. Sure. Can you explain in, in simple terms for somebody like me, what does blockchain mean uh, in the sustainability world and why, why is it important? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So what the way I like to typically describe it is, so look, a blockchain is just a type of uh, database. It's a type of data structure. Okay. Now within this data structure, you have certain kind of data. These are um, data that are time stamped and they're cryptographically secure. And this data is essentially packaged into a block and it's essentially reaches a, a synchronized, a consensus that's spread across multiple computing nodes or devices. And so that's what really what it is in a nutshell. So you've got a block, you've got data in that. Once that's in the block and, and you have all these different nodes that agree that that's the next block that should be put on the blockchain, it's added. And the important thing is that once that, that block is added on the blockchain, it becomes then immutable. So it's cryptographically secure. Um, you cannot uh, edit it, you can't change it. And so the very nature of blockchain makes it very compelling for from a ledger standpoint to be able to record and audit transactions. You have timestamp of a transaction. Um, you can have all sorts of other kinds of metadata that make it important from an audit perspective. And so this is really important. And I think one of the best use cases is for um, uh, supply chains. And this of course uh, really underscores the, the promise and use of blockchain for sustainability. So 
you know, really any claim that's being made out there, and we, we've all seen it going to the grocery store, whether it be organic or, or glyphosate free or whatever it is, um, these are claims. And, and you know, as a consumer, we, ha we have to ask the question, well, how do I know that's true, right? And so um, you can see these kind of technologies now, blockchain that's emerging, where people can start to leverage this technology and have assurance that their product is authentic, that it's, um, you know, they can verify the claims that are being made. And I would say then from a producer or an enterprise standpoint, you can also deliver that assurance and the confidence uh, if you have to undergo a third-party audit or if your customers demand clarity or transparency, you can do that through um, a variety of different technologies to include blockchain. Okay, so even yet when I hear that, it's hard for me to grasp how it works. Can you give me an example kind of a, a real live example of how blockchain uh, works in the in the real world and how you harness blockchain to give assurances to customers that they are getting the products that they ordered, whether that's sitting at the restaurant table or getting their box of cereal. How does how does it work? Yeah, oh, great question. And you know, and I think this is an important question because just like is the case with so many new technologies, uh, so much of it is theoretical. We, we kind of talk about it in concept, but you know, it's important to see it in practice, right? We got to see it in practice to notice it actually works. And so part of our job is uh, as we're driving adoption is moving from these theoretical to actual cases. And so I can share with you some of our recent work. Um, this is uh, particularly in the seafood space, um, live proteins. Um, and the example I'll give you is lobster. Uh, we're, we're working with a couple of customers right now, uh, actually more than that, um, both in Australia and also in Latin America. But when you order these live proteins, um, there's a lot of questions that come, right? In, in terms of the origination of these proteins, the quality, um, you know, the, the time it's, it's taken, were they stored in any wet markets? So we've got customers now where, um, you know, at the point of catch uh, of these, these lobsters, for example, you can tag them uh, with, uh, uh, you know, just basically uh, a bar QR code, barcode um, on their lobster claw. And uh, these are, once they're, they're zip tied or, or tagged on there, you can remove them, right? And so um, based, once that uh, catch is done and the tag is, done, is on the lobster, at that point, um, you can basically, uh, in, our, in our platform, for example, you can use our GoTrace system where you're just using a, a basic mobile device to do a chain of custody scan. And at every point where that lobster has a chain, uh, chain of custody, um, you'll be able to record that in terms of time stamping. It could be GPS coordinates and really any other metadata that you want to include that's important, um, whether that be certifications, it might be the color or grade, um, or it could be a unique ID for, for certain fishers or, or cooperatives. But all these kind of things that you can decide about what to put uh, on a blockchain for auditing purposes, and very important, a lot of this data also doesn't sit on the blockchain, right? You can't put everything on a blockchain. Um, so you, you kind of have to parse that data. But once you decide, you, you can decide what these uh, kind of, uh, you know, whether they be key data elements, critical tracking events, they'll be sitting on the blockchain to be audited later. Um, and so in this example, from the catch all the way from the truck um, plane to the truck with the airport where they're waiting for the lobsters, they're essentially driven directly into a hotel or, or restaurant. And this has had tremendous uh, outcomes, actually. So one, when you use blockchain technology, it serves to disintermediate a lot of unnecessary middlemen or brokers. That's one thing. The second thing is that um, you really get assurance on quality. So 
because you have transparency on the supply chains, now you can see the exact routing and provenance from when that lobster was caught all the way to when it was delivered to plate. And um, so you, you know, you're not worried that it was sitting in a wet market and you, you understand the freshness. And in, in the case for our customers, they actually shaved off quite a bit of time in terms of the logistics route. So it preserved the integrity of the product. And um, very important, of course, the, the, the question always is, you know, what's the ROI? And in this case, because of the disintermediation and the transparency of the logistics, um, uh, these, these customers are actually uh, increasing their profit margins too, which is spread across both the fishers and savings to the customers. So these are real world uh, examples that are happening right now where you're getting better quality, better consumer engagement and also better profit margins. So this is uh, really starting to see the promise of blockchain technology come to fruition. So Henry, so I'm the fisherman and I catch the lobster, right? And it comes into the boat and I put a tag on the claw, right? Right. And then I take out my cell phone and I take a picture of the, the tag on the lobster and it records like a GPS point of where I'm at and a timestamp and everything. Correct. Then as I put that onto the truck, the next person does the same thing. They take a picture of the, the tag on the claw and then that that you can track then the timing of it and the location all the way from where it's caught to the table in the restaurant. So if I sit down in the restaurant and they bring me a lobster and it's got a tag on it, as a customer, I can take a picture of that tag and I can see the entire time frame and the locations and how it was handled. Yeah, and, and if you wanted to take it one step further, for example, on our system, you can input other data as well that gives you granularity. For example, maybe it's a certain fisher community, the particular region. So, you know, you start to really get the full story, the journey of where these consumables are coming from. And again, that adds another layer of, uh, of engagement. And I think um, one thing that's also been, uh, I think, very rewarding from a social perspective is that, you know, you're talking about buyers, uh, chefs, you know, hotels, these these individuals now have a direct relationship with um, the people that are catching their food, right? Who are handling or harvesting their food. And that unique relationship is, is good. It brings um, you know, a nice dynamic in terms of that supply chain. And, uh, and I think, again, from the profitability standpoint, everyone sort of wins in that occasion as well, so. So you could, the person who actually caught it could take a picture of themselves, right? and put that as part of the blockchain so that when I am sitting at the restaurant waiting to eat the lobster, I could see the person who actually caught my fish or my lobster. That's right. And, uh, you know, another um, uh, project that we are working on, it can also give you another example uh, beyond just having that familiarity of who um, caught your, uh, your proteins. Um, We've also had it from a defensive uh, compliance perspective in that you could take a photo or a video of a particular uh, critical event and that can be cryptographically secured and, and uh, put on the blockchain as well for future auditing purposes. So it's, e it's, it's easy these days to take a picture of something and Photoshop it or something, but if you're putting something like that on a blockchain, you can't, once that's timestamped, there's a very unique signature for it. And, it's very obvious if that image or video was tampered. So there's another element here. And in this case for us, we were talking about it from using illegal fishing gear. And how were these fishers using the gear on their vessel at the time of catch? 
Um, so there's lots of interesting ways that you can uh, use media and use that as a point of reference and uh, an audit um, hosted on and referenced on a blockchain. Yeah, it's really interesting to me when I talk to my children that they're concerned about their tuna and how it was caught and where it was caught and, you know, were other, you know, creatures caught at the same time that, you know, are they using illegal nets or something like that. And so I think this really offers an opportunity for those people that care about their, their food, where it comes from. So I really understand how like an individual, you know, whether it be um, like a lobster or something or tuna, you could track it. But do you have an example of where it's more of a bulk product where it might be like grain or fiber or something where it might come from various sources into one location and then it's distributed out? How does blockchain or how does your process work uh, with a product like that? Do you have an example? Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, recently, we've actually had the opportunity to be able to share um, some of the really exciting work that we've been doing uh, with a company called Enviva. Uh, so Enviva is a, a real global biomass leader, um, publicly traded company. They're the world's largest producer of industrial wood pellets. Um, these are renewable sources, coal alternatives, so, so really important product. And um, they're really you know, already um, leaders in the sense from uh, doing uh, track and trace for their products is very important. Um, every piece of fiber that goes into these industrial wood pills has to be sustainably sourced, so from a uh, sustainably uh, sourced tract of land. And so they've already been doing very robust track and trace. And as innovators um, and real pioneers in this space, they wanted to take it to the next level to also add blockchain technology. Um, so we had the opportunity to work with Inviva uh, really for uh, a multi-stage pilot to be able to deploy a, a blockchain-based uh, uh, traceability solution uh, in concert with their existing track and trace program. And uh, this gave them a whole nother layer of granularity of, of track and trace and, and, and auditability on a real-time basis. So um, in addition to their track and trace program, now they're able to basically uh, utilize the blockchain technology to post, uh, as I mentioned, uh, GPS coordinates, um, time stamping. So this could be routing, ensuring down to the latitude, longitude, um, and really any radius that they want to, to define it, um, that those fibers that they're using, and even down to the, the, the perimeter, the types of wood that's being used, um, they, that are correct fibers that are going, uh, being used in a process in their, in their wood pellets. So, so they can, uh, through this pilot, they were uh, tracking basically the, um, uh, these fibers um, from the tracks all the way to the sawmills. And um, this is a, a, a really great um, program. And again, uh, I think they're really, you know, being pioneers in the space right now in the biomass, biomass space to be able to harness blockchain technology and to give that level of assurance to their customers that every piece of fiber is coming from a sustainably uh, uh, sourced tract of land. Uh, that's interesting to me, because when I think of fiber, it can come from multiple forests multiple trees, obviously it comes together at a sawmill, you know, it's ground up, whatever, then it's shipped out and it can come from a, an individual tree from an individual forest and then you can track it all the way. And then if they're going to put it in bulk or in bags or anything like that, can you track then with, with it all the way through the simple uh, or the system, the supply chain and an easy method? 
Yeah, so the, the, the first part of it obviously is, is fairly um, uh, simple in the sense that, um, you know, you're taking these, these, uh, these limbs, these, this fiber and putting it on a truck and that truck can be tracked with fairly uh, certainty and granularity on a blockchain all the way to um, the sawmill. Now at that point, it goes through a, a bit of transformation and, that, and that's to your point where it starts to get more complex. Um, you know, we, we had to kind of put our thinking cap on too to explore um, what, are, what are some ways how to handle this and through some of the uh, solutions that we have on our platform, we actually have some unique um, tagging elements that can even uh, be able to sustain um, uh, going through a furnace and things like that to be able to, to track some of these fibers even as they're being transformed into pellets. So um, these are, you know, I would say these are still, a lot of these are, are scoping out the solutions to make sure these are possible, but we've, Put a lot of thought into it and these these could be really the next phase of how we track it well beyond um, the typical physical track and trace um, at the point of transformation um, to be able to have the right tagging and the granularity um, to make sure there's no gaps and that's something that we've we've worked very hard to integrate into our systems yeah i i some days wonder if uh so i'm raising corn and it's going to go into my breakfast cereal or somebody's raising corn and on the box, it says organic, right? Organic cereal. And I want some assurance that everything is organic, like on the label. And I'd like to know where it came from or what producers it came from. And it might come from multiple producers. It might come from one, kind of just depending on the supply chain. But is that something that you can think about how you would work with an organic farmer to be able to follow their grain through the system and end up in a box of cereal that I put on my table for breakfast? Yeah, so uh, when I, this is a great example, you know, uh, and again, this is another uh, example where you've got a claim, right? You've got a claim of some sort of grain that's uh, organic or non-GMO or something like that, right? So, you know, if you think about the kind of data that becomes important for something like this and, and all the key uh, um, stakeholders in, involved in this value chain, right? So maybe at the you start at the farm at the point of harvest. Um, on that blockchain, you can start to record um, some some key data, right? You can um, have some unique IDs associated with the farm. Um, if you're claiming, say, organic uh, or or non-GMO, there's there's probably some third-party certifications relevant to this um, specified lots, and so you can have these unique IDs lots. GPS coordinates, all these kind of things can be start to uh, be recorded um, on a blockchain and timestamped. And as that harvest um, comes to fruition, maybe it's then moves in a truck to go to a grain elevator. Um, all these GPS coordinates and these critical events are being tracked on chain, right? And at the chain of custody, when you're at the grain elevator and, and somebody's taking acceptance of that grain, um, that's another event that then is recorded um, on the blockchain. The, the farm ID is recorded, perhaps, uh, who, uh, where the grain and the harvest uh, originated from. And it goes through, I guess, you've got various quality assurance, weight, all these kind of metadata, as mentioned, you can start to add um, on the blockchain, right? And so, um, again, from that grain elevator, maybe it goes through multiple different other nodes, but at some point it goes to a mill um, where it gets trans the transformation process become, it becomes processed. Um, maybe at that point you, you, you move it towards packaging as going into um, pallets or, or bags. 
every one of these things can start to be um, uh, labeled, right? So they could be a barcode or QR code. Uh, we even have some unique uh, novel uh, ways where you can spray a, a, a micro tags on, on, say, on a bag, for example, that can be sca uh, scanned with multiple uh, chemical signatures. Um, but, you know, basically, there's a lot of versatility in how you can tag these things throughout the entire value chain. But as it goes from the mill to the packaging and, and eventually to the buyer or the consumer, you can have the, the granularity to scan and have the provenance of all of these different types of metadata that's been recorded on a blockchain. And you can see that that provenance. And so, you know, I think that's already, I, to me, I think uh, a, a game changer in terms of the level of assurance. But if you want to take it one step further, you can add IoT sensors, for example, right? And if you're at the farm, if you want to look at, I don't know, unique nitrogen spikes or signatures like that, that, that can prove or disprove that you, you're doing organic farming, you can start to get pretty creative about how you can provide multiple layers of assurance. And all of these uh, types of data can be recorded on a blockchain. And so that gives you, you know, layers and layers uh, of, of incremental assurance that whatever is being claimed is actually true. So Henry, I, it seems to me like um, a lot of the customers you're looking at, like at least from the start of your building your businesses, it's a lot of one-off, like you have to work with the customer and kind of figure out how it's going to work in their circumstance. And so do you do a lot of that where people just call you up and say, hey, I have this idea, I want to do this, can you help me think through it? Yeah, this is a really important question, Tom, because you, you've got a lot of existing legacy systems there. And the idea is that like blockchain is a tool, right? It's a tool that can be used with other technologies to, to help modernization, um, drive efficiencies. Uh, but it, in all likelihood, you're gonna have to use blockchain uh, with existing legacy systems. And also because this is novel and so new, um, it takes some ideation and brainstorming in the beginning to kind of noodle through supply chains, existing supply chains, understand, can I implement blockchain technology with my existing system? And if not, what do we need to do? Do we need to do some specific segregation of commodities and, and products to make that clear? Um, how do we get uh, all the different players in the, in the supply chain to participate? That's always a really big question because unless you own the entire supply chain, you, you may end up with gaps, right? So you have to figure out how to incentivize and, and get proper alignment for everyone to play in part of this blockchain traceability um, uh, scheme. So um, there's a lot of discussion and, and planning and kind of problem solving in the beginning. It's really kind of thinking through the supply chain and, and, and where we can start first. Um, so yeah, yeah, definitely in the beginning, it's really kind of one-off exploring. And again, it's a new technology. How do we use new with the existing systems? And then from there, move it towards some MVP, POC pilot. And uh, once you get the right success and KPIs, you can start to develop a scalable solution. So I, when I hear you say everyone is kind of a one-off, takes a lot of thinking, it comes to mind that maybe this is expensive to get in. Are there pilot programs that you can kind of develop to kind of ease people in? make sure they know what they're getting into, what you're getting into. I mean, how do you start working with a customer, Henry, when somebody calls you up? What are the options available to them? So this is actually, I would say, one of the key differentiators uh, for, for GoChain is that, you know, from our perspective, we want to drive adoption. And, you know, from a business perspective also, um, 
to do sort of one-off consulting here and there, um, that's okay, but it's also not exactly scalable and it really doesn't serve to drive the adoption. And for us, um, democratization is really important. You really need to figure out a solution that helps to democratize blockchain technology for everybody. And so for us, we've actually developed a turnkey solution. And uh, this turnkey solution is a, it's essentially a, a turnkey SaaS uh, track and trace system that we've built um, leveraging the GoChain protocol. And uh, this is our GoTrace system. And so GoTrace right now, um, as long as you've got a mobile device and a printer, uh, you basically can go up today, sign up, and you would have a turnkey blockchain traceability system. Um, and this is done right now through our affiliate chain parency, uh, which is uh, um, basically uh, the de facto leader right now for all of GoChain's enterprise solutions. But this system uh, is really will enable any organization, you know, regardless of size, regardless of budget, to be able to start to dabble and deploy uh, blockchain technology at scale. And so when we talk about pilots or MVPs, we, we have to see kind of what the requirements are. Uh, if, if it's an organization that's looking for a quick turnkey element to start doing some basic track and trace, that's very easy. We can get that started right away. Mm -hmm. If you need a bit more complex, um, say, API integrations or more novel tagging solutions, uh, or there's some custom interfaces, reporting, these kind of elements, we have to kind of look at a, at an ad hoc basis to probably provide a blended approach where there's a turnkey element plus some customization, which as you get uh, start to deal with the larger enterprises, um, that's usually what happens. But, um, you know, we also deal a lot with um, uh, a lot of the artisanal, smaller scale fisher farmers, which as I mentioned, democratization is really important from our perspective. So they need a very cost-effective solution to be able to quickly deploy. And, and very important is that these organizations, they may be small, but they want to be competitive and they want to get to new markets. And so using blockchain technology is an opportunity for them to showcase their commitment to sustainability, to have transparency in their supply chains, but to be able to do that at a cost-effective basis. And so we believe this is very important and can be a real game changer for some of these smaller scale producers. We were talking earlier about some of the tags that are available these days and that the technology just kind of blows me away. Can you give just a couple examples of different tags that you have access to that if a customer says I might need a unique tagging system to follow something through the supply chain with your blockchain system? Like, tell me some of the unique things that you have availability to. Sure. So, you know, when I say turnkey, right, get part of traceability, to have a turnkey traceability solution is you also need to have, you know, a multitude of different uh, tagging labeling options to make it work, right? So you can do barcoding, you can do QR codes. These are fairly standard, but depending on the product you're trying to trace may require different types of tags. So I'll give you a couple of, uh, of some of the other options that we have it really depends on the product. So um, there's a, uh, an organization we're working with out of New York um, called uh, uh, Shape Matrix. And they have very unique 2D, 3D uh, geometric shape tags. So these can be as small as I, uh, I believe one micron. So very, very small. And you can think about how many of those one micron geometric tags can fit into a standard GS1 barcode, right? And so each one of these tags are encoded with data. And uh, it, the way that it's integrated with our system now is that we can do an optical scan of these barcodes. And again, they could be uh, 2D, they could be laser etched, they could be 3D that are, um, you know, uh, put, uh, put on a particular uh, product, but we can scan that and uh, that basically does a call uh, to Shape Matrix and through their AI engine can authenticate 
that that tag is real. You have the encoded data. And in fact, that product is authentic. And um, because of the sophistication of this assist, the system, as I mentioned, you can uh, have a solution where you can have an aerosol spray of microscopic tags that you could spray on something and, uh, and do multi-layer authentication beyond just the physical shape, even a chemical signature on top of it. So um, now why would you do this? It really depends on the product that you're trying to trace, right? So one thing it could be a basic commodity that's low value, probably wouldn't use one of these types of tagging solutions, but what if it's a very unique item, right? What if it's an antiquity? What if it's a very expensive aerospace component or um, we've, we've had a, a situation where we've had to use it for um, uh, surgical instruments to be FDA compliant. So um, you wanna have versatility in tagging and it really depends on the products. And um, sometimes a typical QR code and barcode doesn't work. Um, another one of our partners, uh, Gentag, uh, they have a significant amount of IP in the healthcare space, and they've developed a whole range of IoT sensor-based uh, solutions that can be used for tagging. Um, so basic from RFID all the way to a, a new type of IP they have is, is called Color, which is a combination of um, optical sensors plus NFC, all embedded in one for a multi-layer authentication. And again, so you can move from basic scanning to also multi-layers of sensor and optical color scans. So again, it's very, you know, very interesting depending on the product and to give you that level of assurance and authenticity. And we wanted to make sure that was possible uh, depending on the product that needs to be tracked. Right. So in the organic world, in the, the, the food world, I, I understand, Henry, there might be some legislation either enacted or proposed that's going to change maybe how we trace food. So we, we know about some of the outbreaks of bacteria and people getting sick from pathogens and being able to better trace back to where those, the source of that, that um, um, outbreak came from. Is, is blockchain designed to help there? Or are you poised to help with tracking some of those foods, whether that, you know, like in, in the case of being an organic certified food, I want to make sure when I go to the store, it's, it's certified and I want to know where it comes from, back, kind of back to that original. What are the changes in, in the food industry that we're going to see in tracking and tracing and how does blockchain fit into that? Yeah, so it's, it's interesting. We did a, uh, an exercise a few months ago, just trying to take a look at all the different regulation that's happening. And it's not just here in the US, by the way, it's really all around the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it's, it's just happening at a tremendous momentum and speed right now in the sense that there's a lot of regulation coming out right now to ensure transparency in food supply chains. Um, but it's not just that, it's also um, for, um, for ethically sourcing goods and um, you, you see a lot of regulation now around um, uh, uh, IUU, uh, so illegal, uh, unregulated, unreported type um, uh, circumstances that, hum, that happen, particularly in the seafood industry. And there's a lot of governments that are now going to require that producers uh, and, and stakeholders in the supply chain are able to verify um, that their products are ethically sourced or in the event, say for uh, the FDA section 204, that's, that's really everyone's talking about right now when this comes to fruition, um, you know, in the event of a, an outbreak or whatever it is, you've got to be able to quickly um, produce, I believe it's in, in under 24 hours, 
um, the, the records and it needs to be an electronic record, right? And you need to know exactly uh, the, the provenance of, of that food and a lot of various uh, key data elements um, that needs to be now tracked and recorded, right? So um, a lot of people I think have been talking about traceability that, okay, you know, uh, right now my customers aren't demanding it. Why do I need to do this? But probably what's gonna happen even faster than the consumer side is the regulatory compliance needs um, and I see, I've seen some of the estimates that they're talking about for these compliance costs. I mean, you're talking anywhere potentially north of almost $20 billion that's going to have to happen for some of these compliance costs. And um, I think it's important that companies start to think about how to get ahead of this and, um, you know, electronic records, right? And their turnaround time. And um, I think also just the commonality of language is going to be important because there's so many different standards and benchmarking standards out there. And I think harmonizing all that starts to happen with this compliance, Definitely. but um, I think that's going to be important and for all the players to be able to start to get their records in order to be not only compliant, but to harmonize with all the other players in the supply chain. So, yeah. Well, Henry, this has been a really interesting discussion. I really appreciate you being on. I want to be respectful of your time. But if you had to give somebody, give the listening audience kind of the, the final nugget on how blockchain is going to help in organic food production, tracking and tracing, what would you tell people? What's, what's that really that nugget that they could take away? Yeah, I would, I would say, you know, that there's, well, a few things, let me say. One is that blockchain is not cryptocurrency. <laughs> I think that's something that people need to understand because I think people tend to shy away from that. But blockchain is a, is a powerful new technology um, that uh, it's, it's still early in the stages right now and it's being explored. But because of all the innovators in the space that are pushing this, um, I think you're going to be able to see this technology be able to be deployed. And, and I would say as a leader of an enterprise, this is a great opportunity to, to show that leadership and champion um, explore some of these technologies, um, which uh, again, from our perspective, and I think many others out there, um, you've got a great technology that, that now can bring a lot of transparency and truth across all industries, and also at the same time um, can serve to uh, provide a level of democratization and accessibility that I think is great from a social perspective. So blockchain is a great technology and it can be used with lots of other technologies. Go out there and, and give it a shot. Okay. Henry, if people want uh, a demo of your site or they want more information, what's the best way to get a hold of you? I'm sure you have a website or any other way. Yeah, yeah. So you can uh, go to uh, just uh, gochain.io uh, or you can reach me at uh, h-i-n-e-s at gochain.io. Uh, um, and also you can check out uh, chainparency.com, C-H-A-I-N-P-A-R-E-N-C-Y.com. Um, um, that gives you a little bit more insight on some of our uh, the GoTrace uh, platform as well. But anyway, feel free to reach out to me and happy to um, you know, talk to you about your, your supply chain and how blockchain can be of use for you. Okay, so again, uh, your website is GoChain, not .com, but .io. .io, correct. All right. right. All right. Henry, again, thanks for your time. I, I appreciate it very much. I think uh, the listeners really... Uh, have a new appreciation for blockchain and what it can do for them and maybe understand how it will fit into their system either now or into the future. Thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you so much, Tom, for having me. Thank you for listening to Organics Unpacked. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing and giving this show a five-star rating and review so we can continue to help organic growers improve their operations.